Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Revolutionize the Stage podcast. My name is Emily Heidel, and we are kicking off the first part of our production series. And this time, this episode of these first two parts will focus on music production with a focus on, of course, the live music space and getting to know the producers and songwriters as well. And we actually have a very special guest that has worked with many different kinds of groups with a focus on J-pop and K-pop. Um, and I'll just name a couple of the groups he's worked with. Um, Tomorrow by Together, shout out TXT, NCT, Twice, Victon, and GWS. And hailing all the way from the Netherlands, we have Ronnie Icon on the podcast. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. I know I tried my best to introduce you, but can you introduce yourself for people who are not aware of who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. I'm, uh, I'm Ronnie Icon, um, and I am uh, mainly a top liner, also production sometimes. Mm. Uh, and basically, I write songs uh that get pitched for um, Asian pop artists. So mm. mainly focus on Korea and Japan. Ah, okay. So you said top liner. I, I understand what that means, but many right. people maybe listening to this that aren't in the production space or producer space of music maybe don't understand. So what does that mean? So basically you make a distinction between the production, so the backing track, the instrumental side of things, and then mm -hmm. the top lines, which is all the vocals and melodies and lyrics. Um, so that's the side of the coin that I'm mostly am involved with. Okay. So I get sent an, an instrumental track by a producer or track maker, however you want to call that person. And then I top line. So I come up with melodies and, and sing stuff. Ah, okay. So you're, so you're not like creating the beats. You're the melody of the singers. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Pretty I have I'm, I like to dabble in production every okay. once in a while just to satisfy that creative urge. <laughs> mm, I see. Well, so then I guess with that in mind, like your daily life, are you just you get demos, you think of how to you know work with them or you know ideate them if you will, um, and then send it back? Like, what does your daily life look like? Um, so I guess the process of getting a finished song is like I get a track from someone whoever either like my team at Innervate or mm. someone I work with directly mm -hmm. I get a track in the email or like a bunch of tracks and I pick one and I'm like vibing to it thinking maybe sometimes it's already a gear towards a certain group or artist mm -hmm. and or sometimes you know I need to think of figure that out myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then just yeah, start vibing to it. So mm. drag it into my project, like my 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 logic project, press record and start like shouting random stuff in the mic. <laughs> in order to vibe properly, what is like the surrounding you need? Do you like have a glass of wine with you? I'm sure that's not very helpful when you're working <laughs> all the time. Uh, like what are you, are you best in the mornings? Like what's good for a vibe in your opinion? Uh, I. I it's not really I don't really vibe at a specific time of day because mm. I mean that would like be a bit restrictive I guess and I wouldn't right. be drinking wine with it because I'd be an alcoholic by now yeah right <laughs> <laughs> uh no I usually I do I do have like a morning-ish routine where okay. I like warm up the vocals you know um have like do like exercises to get like uh. basically like what an athlete would be doing as stretching before like a game that's okay. what I do with my voice and then mm -hmm. 
and then once that's all done and like yeah. a couple cups of coffee in there then yeah, yeah. start going <laughs> your morning routine is that essential to you creating great work or is it and this is is this something that you have always implemented or is this something that like you know i i remember uh the interview that i did with kyler he he similarly has like a morning routine that he kind yeah. of goes through gets him in a good headspace and i wonder like do you, is it the same for you like you have to have this morning routine in order to produce quality work or of your standard i think when i when i know that i'll be using my voice mm. that, uh, for that day yeah. uh, then then i definitely want to go through this because i want my voice to be optimal and mm. like you know not ruin it while while <laughs> recording anything but if i'm just going to be editing my own vocals that day or i'm going to be on production then See. i won't go through the whole thing got it okay all and right it'll, that makes it'll be just the coffee then <laughs> right just the coffee okay okay um so i wonder you know we've gotten a little bit of your daily life kind of what you're doing now but let's kind of throw it back to how you kind of started in this a lot of people you know who are listening could be wanting to be in your position one day working very closely with uh, Japanese and Korean artists. And um, to my understanding, you were a K-pop fan starting in 2013, right? Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate, I think. Uh, okay, okay. Well, so back then, uh, was it always your goal to be a top liner and do what you're doing now? I know you went to music or you studied music while in college. Yeah, yeah. I, that was around the same time where I was studying music. So mm. I definitely... Like from when I was younger, I had the intention of doing something within music. And I was like fascinated by pop music. So I was like, mm. yeah, well, if I want to be doing something like that, I'm I'm going to have to be a pop artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> just the fact knowing that this, what I'm doing right now is an actual job. Mm. Uh, that didn't really occur to me until like maybe three, four years ago. Okay. Where I got, got to see more leads and and stuff and then I was like yeah but this is actually very I do what I want uh like I'm still working on music day to day mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. I'm super comfortable <laughs> ah, so uh, okay yeah this work th I think this is where like my my talents and and opportunities you know intersect in the mm -hmm. right way okay so and and right now and you've mentioned it a little bit is you're with innervate music um which is a publishing sort of a company that connects you with you know the artists that you are working with um of course like you mentioned you know it didn't it took you till two or three years ago to kind of to realize that you wanted to be doing this what happened in that like what was it, two or three years ago 2019 2018 like what happened in that five-year time frame in between before you realized right this? I, I I was hanging out at like um, Dutch K-pop parties actually, oh. um, when you know when parties were still a thing. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and then I was like, uh, I, I uh, hung out with the organ organization and doing mm. some MCing and stuff. So that's Ooh. how I got in touch with other people as well that were mm -hmm. creatives. Um, so eventually, I found two other guys that were like very serious about like trying to make k-pop music mm -hmm. um so we just started uh coming up with demos every every single week mm. uh and start sending them out finding contacts like hey who who do we pitch this to started yeah up with plans and building a library of songs a library mm. of demos mm -hmm. um and the more we made the more it got pitched around and eventually like after a couple of months the first holds and cuts started coming in we were like oh damn this is uh this is working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh, wow. So like, okay, Dutch K-pop parties, like, first of all, the, the K-pop scene in, in the Netherlands, what is it like? And also who, I think, were you a Big Bang fan? Or uh, dude, I was a fan of everything. everything. Okay, okay. <laughs> nice. And so then the, the Dutch K-pop scene was, or you were just into K-pop and then that transitioned into you wanting to work in it and you Luckily, and that's what a lot of people um, sometimes like fail to realize. It's like it's best to work, as they say, laterally than like vertically. Of course, like networking with people who are in higher positions, it's great. But like when you work with people that's on the same level, you guys can grow oh, yeah. together. Totally. Right? Are you still working with those guys today, or do you still keep in contact with them? Uh, we we keep in touch, okay. definitely. But we've all found eventually found separate places to. Mm -hmm belong <laughs> but mm. i've all had like uh, individual successes as well so that's okay. been great that's well, fun that's to see and like exchange stories of like because i mean the the scene the the, the scene the mm -hmm. the industry uh the the bubble of writers and producers is not that big but there's plenty right. different spaces right. so it's fun to like exchange stories about what what we've all been up to in the meantime mm. so what is okay I am aware that, and I don't know if it was with, with these specific guys, but your first like approved hit or uh, approved hold or approved song was uh, Breakthrough, uh, twice as Breakthrough, right? Um, the, the Well, actually the first actual song that got cut, it's like two at the same time. One was okay. for a band called Kisumai in Japan, and the other one was uh -huh. uh, um, Kitchen Beat for NCT. Ah, NCT. Okay, got it. Okay. And then, like, a couple months later, uh, Breakthrough happened. Mm, so Breakthrough was the first, like, single slash hit, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Breakthrough was the first title track. Okay. I, by the way, love that song. Did you do the top lining, like, the demo top lining for that? Uh, So back then, we did, like, we that that was a, th a three man team and we were like in the studio from from the the beginning to the end pretty much so mm. everyone got got their say in, in onto the production and the top lines and but um we recorded that song as a male song at first that's so right you were supposed to go to a, a male group right yeah yeah uh. so i sang the first demo um uh -huh. and then they didn't take it and then the and then we saw that Twice was looking for an, a fresh new sound. Uh -huh. um, so I had the idea of like, hey, how, how about we turn this around into a female song? So we transposed it, made mm. it, you know, more a appealing to for a female. Because I guess some some sounds needed a bit tweaking to be a little bit more girl crush. And then mm -hmm. we had like uh, a female vocalist come in and uh, sing the demo, re-sing the demo. What What kind of things need to be tweaked from a male song to a female song because the horn like the that horn part was did that say or the horn, i guess like the you know like yeah the, the brass yeah the brassy yeah like did that stay for both versions that, that was there yeah okay. that was definitely there okay i think we just we just you know updated a bit a bit you know mostly mm. details i remember one detail was like we got um in the pre-chorus uh there's like i I'm not sure if you can hear it in the final mix, really, because it's in the background. But mm. I, I had the idea of putting um, uh, high heels in there, like like the click, click, click oh. when you're walking. Okay. Uh, 
yeah just to like i don't know subliminally subliminally imprint mm. like this is female <laughs> ah okay and now i'm gonna go listen for it and i'm probably yeah, yeah. Again and never not <laughs> hear it you know <laughs> <laughs> nice okay so you so you had a i was wondering i was like did you guys like try to sing that high like i was like did you guys do that you gotta <laughs> I was like, come in and do it okay Makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know how they would be like, oh, that's for twice with male voices. Yeah, probably not. No. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I love the song. It's a, a very, very, very catchy song. And it's a cool way to like start out like or, or, you know, within a couple months, like you said, with also starting out with NCT, like that's huge in itself as it's well. Crazy. You know, um, and, and I don't know how much you can you can divulge. Um, and of course, like we said, you've worked with Tomorrow by Together um, and Victon and GWSN. And so a fair share of male and female k-pop groups are there any like um you know uh and you don't have to name the label of course or the group of course but in terms of seeing how different labels um operate do they all kind of operate the same in this kind of way or do they all have different practices and you kind of just have to adapt or and is it difficult to adapt when when working with them or the with the international anr uh there's definitely different processes. I think what every label does is there's there's always an opening for like getting pitching finished demos, right? So right. A, fi a finished song start to finish. Mm -hmm. um, so they're always looking for just great songs. But then there's mm -hmm. also a lot of labels or maybe every label uh, that uh, just have their in uh, in house track makers okay make a certain uh track like oh, okay we want it to sound specifically like this and then reach out to the top liners uh with that track okay uh, to to get a great song done that way so it's a bit reverse engineering on their their end mm -hmm. um yeah so it's up to I guess it's up to the label how specific their vision is starting out for what types of songs they want. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and in that, in that respect, um, you know, during COVID, I'm sure it's been a lot of virtual zoom song camps um, that you've probably been a part of or no. Some, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some, uh, but I think most of what I do is just sending over files. Okay. Uh, ah. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've done individual sessions and some song camps here and there. And you, but you've done song camps. I, I don't know if this is um, accurate, but it was, I, I think I read somewhere it was like about five song camps. Have you been to more like physical song camps out here in Seoul? Uh, I've been to a couple in Seoul and okay. then a couple in Sweden. Okay. Uh, I think I've had the one in the UK. Mm hmm. So yeah, yeah, a couple, a couple of different ones. And okay, I miss those. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what is that that process like, and and is is it different between being hosted by like the label label itself, and you know, in Seoul compared to being like, you know, probably orchestrated from the label, but in, you know, Sweden, like you're saying, um, yeah, away from like it. the process. The process is very different. Okay, I'd say. I mean, the craft is the same, but the process is definitely different. But then the also the the feeling of the vibe of the of the camp is very different obviously i'm you know when i'm zooming i'm just in this room and nothing mm -hmm. really changes but mm -hmm. i just love the the actual interaction with, mm. with people at a camp and when especially the moments before a session where you're mm -hmm. like just chit-chatting and like mm -hmm. hey what do you do or when you go out of the studio room to get like some water <laughs> and you some meet water someone else 
I, love, <laughs> I just love like you know this the whole socializing part of it yeah uh, I live for that I love that I, I will say um I you mentioned getting why I will uh, I, <laughs> I've met with um I was like I happened to be at SM back in like February of 2020 and I met uh, and I happened to walk in like during a song camp that was happening um, and it was the end of the week and a couple of producers and like top liners everybody kind of walked in and they were like they came in, it was around 2 p.m and they're like yeah we just woke up like uh, we had a good time out last night and some people were like oh good like that's great like whatever and so and what I've seen and what I've gleaned I guess is that uh, you know along with the of course churning out the music and that kind of thing like like you're saying it's a it's especially when you're when the company is hosting you and like taking you out to Hoshik and all these like dinner and things like that like <laughs> it can be a good time um so with that being said and I know this was not on the question list but I just thought about it are there any <laughs> stories any stories that you can tell us about your song camp days uh, or uh, when you know when they were allowed I guess in person like that that you that definitely stick in your mind um, I mean, I'm just going, I'm, there's a lot of stories, but uh -huh. I'm not sure what I, what I can share. Okay. 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 We'll come back. We'll come back. Okay. Right. Like, let's think about it. <laughs> um, but I will that, say though, yeah. that, like, uh -huh. cause you mentioned like, um, uh, people going out, you know, um, drinking is obviously there's mm -hmm. a big culture surrounding drinking. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember, I, I'll tell you this though. I had a session planned on a Sunday um and i was out uh uh club well not really clubbing just to a bar and drinks and whatever where was this the night before uh that was in um it wasn't so okay but it got was, it I, I went out to uh uh thursday's party I'm, I'm thursday party oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah i love it <laughs> I, well i loved it yeah uh, it in, a, in a kangnam yeah but um uh so I had like zero voice the day after. And that was ah. definitely, I was, I felt so bad. I was so nauseous and sick uh, at the session. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that again. Oh my so gosh. I think especially when you vocal, man, don't <sighs> party too hard <laughs> during your stay. It's going to mess it up. I especially, I, I don't know if I'm different from anyone else, but mm -hmm. when I, when I drink or talk a lot, the, the previous day I guess it's just gone mm. like I cannot like I only have half the reach ah <laughs> uh, I see so like so it's there's room for a good time but then you know if you live in Seoul or if you've been or <laughs> Thursday party is a good place to go <laughs> for a good time <laughs> a fun interesting time for sure but I, I'm I mean at least you had a you know well, also my other question is did the people anyone else in the studio realize that you might have been hungover oh yeah 100 percent yeah <laughs> Yeah, because I had to apologize for it as well. Oh, like, oh, oh. Ah, ah, ah. I'm so sorry. I went out last night. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm sure they, they probably understand or understood. Like I said, like when I was there, I was like, it was clear that and they, they, they said it too right in front of everyone. So it's like, I guess it's part of it. <laughs> um, but that's so interesting. And and with these these song camps and just being a foreign producer for Japan, uh, Japanese and Korean artists, um, when we kind of talked about it before, but like, you're like you said, you're kind of sending files and things like that. But is there ever a time when you are working directly uh, or having a Zoom call or just, you know, and literally in the studio with the artists uh, themselves? I have not had that opportunity yet. Mm -hmm. I've met a couple of artists, but not for those sessions, just, you know, 
you happen mm-hmm. to run into people. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think. I, th- I feel like I was on the way there. Maybe maybe it might have happened already because I feel like that's like a couple steps. Mm. Like the label needs to really trust who sure. they're putting into these kinds of sessions, right? Right, right. But that then as sense. soon as like doors started opening up, then lockdown started closing <sighs> everything down. Yeah, that, that, trust, that trust factor is very um, important um, for labels and, you know, just uh, people who are from the outside, maybe not already there every single day. Um, but, and in that way, then is that one of the more difficult things that's, or that you wish maybe you could change about your job, um, in terms of being able to be being, you know, directly in contact with the artist, um, uh, or maybe having more say in like how the final cut comes out of a song. Well, I will say that sometimes you see like on the, on the social media, like the, that there's definitely people that are working in Seoul that mm. also might be involved in, um, the vocal direction so that they they may or may not have written the demo the song Mm -hmm. and then they get to be in the studio present or and like giving feedback on how it should be recorded that's something i would love to be involved in at some point what is something that people don't necessarily see that is difficult about this job specifically as a top liner i think some people ask me like people around me that are not mu- musicians they assume that I'm just that I'm you know as a songwriter I just write songs and they don't like they sometimes are surprised that hey I need to take care of my voice I need to be able to sing well and record and like well, well, why are you recording you're a songwriter right no but I actually need to sing it first uh. Uh, so I definitely need to like um, step up my game vocally as well uh, at some points and like be very very much a chameleon like I, I need to be able to you know to to put the rap flavor in there as well and then I have like a, a, a set of different rap voices that I pick for sp- specific parts or whatever and then I need to also be able to deliver uh the singing parts as well so I think that's something people might might not always realize oh so you have can you can you show us any of your rap voices? Ah. <laughs> what? I need to rap right now. I mean, if you want. Uh, okay. So, I mean, like what I think I think it's always hilarious uh, when uh, what what we basically do at first, like when we get given a track, right? We start vibing toward uh, mm-hmm. on it. So, like a track would be like would have like a whole structure and melodic things and da, da, da. so basically what we're doing is gibberish stuff over it just to fill in what what kinds of flows and melodies because obviously we're not starting out with with a full set of lyrics or whatever mm, right so right. whatever there's like a verse where you feel like hey this should be a rap part it would be like uh, or whatever you know and it I sounds see. like that and you're like yeah and you're listening back to it it's like oh because you're only listening for the vibe and the and the rhythm yeah, yeah. oh this sounds so good and the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds ridiculous to anyone else. <laughs> oh my gosh, that reminds me. There's this like, uh, I was aware of this this new uh, uh, dialect or language called, you know, like The Sims. There's like a Simlish. Yes, um, it's like that. You're literally. I know. Yeah. Yeah, but then I guess uh, try and make it like a more blend of a Korean because Simlish is based on English, right? Right. So we try to base this a little bit on Korean sounding mm. and English sounding like a marriage of that because obviously we want the the 
the amount of syllables to kind of match the Korean language or try to, uh, you know, be aware of that at least. Right, right. Okay. And, and then when you're thinking, I guess you you don't necessarily always know which which song or what is it called? Which group the song will go to um, or act the song will go to. Um, right. So with that in mind, like, you you can be like oh like I want it to go to tomorrow about together and like Yeonjun will be like the rapper for it and something like that like and but it may go to and hype in like and, and you just don't know so like I wonder can you even predict like oh like maybe I think it'll go to this so let me try to mimic the rap as it might sound and yeah whoever rapper's voice yeah I try to do that oh, yeah uh, and but then that doesn't mean uh that can that song can then only exclusively go to that certain group of course mm, you know okay. but, and and it's also fun like how um definitely kitchen beat was is a good example i think mm. where i like tried to mimic different voices on the demo oh. and had like specific members in mind okay uh, i don't know if everything lined up perfectly with how i uh, envisioned it but some parts did and i was like yeah yeah I, oh I, nice that's what that's what i they heard That's the taeong in my voice. Right, exactly. I, I love that. I love I, his, because it, it works reverse, uh, in the reverse as well. I, I watch their other stuff mm. and I'm like, I'm inspired. I'm trying to mimic that. I'm, I think, oh, he, he's got such a cool pronunciation and a mm. cool intonation of his raps. But then I hear they also, uh, because SM puts out these studio uh, uh, videos on YouTube, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love watching those. So yes. then, and then I also get the sense like, hey, they also mimic what's on the demo. So it's like you writers and artists kind of inspire each other's Ooh. flows in that sense. Right. I love that. Right. Oh, that's awesome. And like, yeah, speaking of Taeyong, he's just so uh, unique in his delivery and, and yeah. pronunciation, as you're saying. <laughs> um, but and, and I wonder on the Japanese side of things, when you're working with Japanese labels and artists, is there anything, um, you know, is it... Is there anything different that you have to kind of think? And, and of course, like I, I myself, I am more familiar with K-pop, but like in terms of that, like with J-pop, um, not as familiar. Like, is is there any key differences that you see between working between the two markets? Like vocally, I would uh, usually the tracks are slightly different in a, in style as well. So mm. I would know most of the time beforehand. Okay, this track is going to be aimed for Korea. This track is going to be aimed for Japan. So when I get a Japan track. Uh, I do like adopt kind of a different style of singing because oh, okay. they their their style of singing is a little bit different and mm. I think you can hear it also in speech patterns just a little bit but also just the way they use their voice seems a little bit different to me okay. so I try and Im imitate that while singing as well so it's a, slightly different. In what way is it is it different? Is it more like nasally or breathy or like um, rich? Yeah, just I think it's a, a little bit less R and B, a little bit less soulful, a little uh -huh. bit more to the point. Like, hey, oh. this is the this is the melody, and we want this to come out as clear as possible. Mm. Um, and also, um, I feel like they, the 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 way they how how do I explain this? The way they start a syllable okay. has a a bit of a a, a wind up. Oh, okay. Interesting. And uh, it's something that I just I, I, I I'm I'm gonna butcher it if I try it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's a different style, a little bit of of using my voice for the, for those. Okay, and and 
that's actually really interesting. I never thought, and you know, thinking, speaking of breakthrough, like, and Kitchen Beat is a Japanese or J, J, yeah, it's, it's a, a Japanese release, yeah, right, Japanese release. Uh, both of those, um, did you know that they were gonna be Japanese releases? Um, you know, as you were, yeah, well, yeah, the lead came in for the Japanese releases, <sighs> but obviously, since they're Korean artists, I, mm. I wouldn't bother trying to sing it anything differently. I so hello, just... everybody. This is Emily. If you've reached this part of the interview, that means you're at the end of part one. So you can check back for part two next week. In the meantime, make sure to keep up with everything revolutionize the stage on our Instagram and Twitter at Rev the Stage Pod. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Track.